This message was presented at the GYC 2010 No Turning Back Conference in Baltimore, Maryland. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. During the morning, we had the opportunity to review a few topics, and one of them that we review at the beginning, it was understanding the opportunity that is out there to serve um, the Lord as women. And we found that um, right now is about 51%, the percentage of um, women that are in the workforce. And uh, many people ask me that, about this statistic. Is that because probably you have more men in the military? Is that because the proportion of women and men probably have changed? Um, maybe there is, I am pretty sure that has some influence, but I think when you're talking about um, a 1.0% in a 150, um, 157 million people in the workforce, that's just not that relevant. Uh, but yeah, maybe, it, maybe it's there, maybe influencing, but I, you know, people cannot tell about that. The only thing that you have to keep in mind with the recession that we are going through, the reality is that many uh, males are losing their jobs because they are actually um, not in need of their skill sets you know, anymore. So just to complete some or answer some of the questions of this morning. Um, this afternoon, I'm going to be presenting right now, oh, and we talk about this morning also about the risks. You know, I am so grateful for all the questions that you brought to, to my attention after we finish. It is really nice to see you really, you are in the right path. You're really focusing on the issues, on the fact of, you know, what are those risks? How can I protect myself from falling into those traps as I am more in my working environment? Um, somebody brought me the issue of I am working in an environment where it's mostly, it's actually all men and just me as a female. And uh, it is very competitive. How can I work in an environment like that? And um, I was just telling her, sometimes when you're working in an environment like that, we, do, we cannot get into competing or trying to win any battle. We just have to give up. And as women don't get into that, that cycle or that game of competition, it's very important that whatever we do, do not get into the competition game. That's always where Satan tries to guess you. Um, and usually when I work in an environment that is male-dominated, it's really good when you, in your humble way, actually I, I enjoy mostly have a friendship with them in terms of, you know, they start, you notice that the comment came, it's a competition. They're trying to kind of get, get even or, you know, um, get into the competition game. And usually what I do is just, I, I just make fun of them, you know, usually meetings. Just not fun in terms of, you know, putting them down, but it's more like, you know, I'm relaxed, you, you, you're just in that game. I'm not playing that game. So in, an, in a nice way, but um, trust me, you do it one, twice, then they give up. That's how it works. Don't make a big deal out of it. Don't think about it. If you think God is calling you to be there, if God, you think God is not calling you to be there, just walk away. That's really the best thing to do. Um, God always, when God closes one door, he opens another one. So the thing is sometimes we want it our way and not his way. Um, one thing this afternoon, what we're going to do in this seminar is we're going to be sharing on ways, what are some ways that you can share, um, your faith in your workplace. Okay. I think this is the most important part of, uh, my seminars. And the reason why I'm saying is because that is the only reason why we exist. If we do not have that heart of sharing, 
you sooner or later will die, trust me, in, in spiritually speaking. Um, and one of the things is, I just want to just present this quickly and then go straight to the point. Um, you know, in Acts 1.8, God told us, But ye shall receive power, and when the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. It is God have calling you, Jesus called us to share, to share the gospel. And that's, there is no question about that. Now, life for Christians has one goal, accomplishing God's mission. Our mission is to be his witnesses. There is one thing that is fundamental for us. It's just one thing is, have you noticed, one thing is intellectual knowledge. Have you noticed the difference when you know that you should not eat something versus when you really ate something and you just, there's no way that we can eat that again? It's almost there are two levels of understanding. One level is the acknowledgement, and the other level is like not only acknowledgement, but commitment to follow that. And as long as it stays as a only a head knowledge, it will not be ingrained in you. You will not be natural in you. You almost have to ask the Lord to give you that knowledge that just makes you change your mindset. That every single thing that you do, every single thing that you say, it should be for his honor and his glory. Answering a phone and a customer, it should be for his honors and his glory. There's one thing that God convicted me uh, lately. Um, there are many things that I learn in the corporate world that I, God has helped me to unlearn. But still, once in a while, you can see psss, things coming up that you're like, oh, here we go again. Um, and I will tell you one thing that happened coming here to GYC that for me was like, oh, God, help me, please. I, I, I thought I was over this one. Um, one of the things that I learned is just the way that you speak to people. You can, you can intimidate people. And, I, and, and sometimes just the fact of looking at the person very clear, do not blink your eyes. You can intimidate somebody like that. So when we were coming here, um, they canceled our flight twice. So, but the thing is, they canceled once, and they called us, and we were at home. So that was really nice. We didn't have to get to the airport. We live one hour and a half away from the airport. So that was not fun to find that they canceled. It's not like they were delayed. It was canceled until the next day. I, you know, at least I got over that at home. Then I found that... Um, um, we reserve a hotel at the airport for the night before, so because the flight will leave at 5:40, and I said, um, well, we, we reserve it through, you know, through all, uh, the credit card points. Actually, we pay for it. We pay with points for the hotel. But one of the things that though, that has is that if you don't call on time, you lose it basically. So I called. That was um, Christmas Day. That was Sabbath. I waited and waited and waited. Someone was already, boom, I was on the phone. I need to change this. So what happened was I called, and it just happened that that company, and I don't want to say a name, but they, they transfer all your, the 800 numbers, they just transfer it to India, to a service center in India. When they transferred that phone call, the person had no idea what I was talking about. They actually tra transferred that to me for questions on credit cards. It's like, no, I don't want to talk with a credit card. I don't have a credit card question. I have a problem with the redemption of my point, blah, blah, blah. And then they call and they check, oh, it's just that they're not working and they're transferring the phone call. You know, it was like, boom, my energy level was like, shh, this is just not good, you know. Um, so what happened is the person was nice, you know, on the phone. The person was really nice. But I was just in this thing of, I really want you to do something about it. Um, 
after he finished with the conversation, I realized that, that I was not going anywhere. Um, he started offering me, do you know that what they do? Oh, but if you want to offer an upgrade, we want to talk to you about an upgrade. I was just like, you know what? Don't talk to me about anything. But even answering that way, it was like my old person came up and I felt bad because what is not their problem. I know how, I know better that they're actually following a script. That's what they're doing, following a script. They have really no idea. You know, I hang up and I felt so guilty. I really felt so guilty because I, in my mind, immediately I said, what if that person had a problem at home? What if I am the only person talking to him, you know? I had the opportunity to be redemptive, to be graceful with, with that person, and I wasn't. And I really felt so guilty, so, so guilty. And, um, and I realized, it, you know, I knew that. I said, God, in every single conversation, you could use me to reach out to somebody. And that is the mindset that we need to have. Well, let me just finish the story. The next morning, we got to the airport, supposedly. And when we got there, they said, your flight got canceled again. You know, that was like immediately inside my head. It was like, no. And then they said, well, maybe we're going to be able to put you in a flight tomorrow. And I said, no, I need to get there today, you know. Well, immediately when I said that, it's almost like God brought to my mind the experience of the prior day. It was almost like God was showing me probably something that I needed to surrender, something that still needs some healing and some change. And I look at his eyes and I ask immediately a prayer of, please, God, give me the strength and give me the right words to tell to this person. And I look at him and I made a smile. I didn't, I was not much smiling in my heart. I was just so frustrated. But at the same time, I said, it's not his fault. What is his fault? What is this for, you know? So I look at him and I acknowledge, I say, you know, I know it's not your fault. And I really appreciate that you, anything that you can do to help me. It was like a change, the whole tone. And I said, anything that you can do to help me, I will greatly appreciate, but I understand there's not much that you can do. But if you have something, I will really appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, and he was, it was a very courteous conversation. And inside myself, I was kind of relaxed. I said, you know, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. I needed to overcome that. So any minute and any conversation that we have, God can use it to reach out to others. So even answering, the way that we answer, and the tone that we answer. Let me just tell you the end of the story because I think it's very important. God was so good. We went in. At this point, they told us, you can go stand by. I went in and I said, you know, God, I'm going to relax. I remember when God was in the boat, remember that there was a storm and the disciples were really oh, desperate and, and angry, no angry, um, trying to save themselves. And when the lightning light where Jesus was, what was he doing? Sleeping. And I thought, and I said, God, just I want to be like you in that moment. That's what I want to be, like you. And I, actually, I said, you know, I trust you. I don't know what you have for me. Just show me what I need to do, and that would be fine. And you know what? We got here actually one hour late than what previously we thought we, you know, we were programmed to come here. God arranged everything in such a way that we went in in all the flights, we stand by, and they called us, and we were here almost on time. So... I just want to tell you something. Every single opportunity that God gives you is an opportunity to reach out to others. At work, when you spend 40 hours a week, trust me, every single minute is an opportunity to reach out to others. So you have to have that mindset, and then all the pieces come into place. God will help you. It's not only that you're reaching out. Many of the opportunities that you have are opportunities for you to grow. There are many things in our characters that need to be changed. 
And God exposes those things in experiences and gives you the opportunity for asking him to transform your heart. So I want you to have that as a foundational kind of uh, uh, understanding as we move forward in this presentation. Hello. Now, this is the big question. Is it okay to share our beliefs in our workplace? What do you think? Is it okay to share? What do you think? I have a conflict. Yeah. You have a conflict? Yes, Why? Yes. Sometimes people come to my office mm -hmm. and I have to talk. Uh-huh. So one of my, my office manager nowadays, you put a rule and you break the rule. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm -hmm. This is, this is the thing and the, what you need to understand. Every organization is different. Some organizations are more open than others. You know, some organizations are not big, you know, they're not that big and the leaders and the um, uh, uh, leadership of that organization, they're Christians and they like, and they actually promote that. And that's okay in a, up to a certain point. You need to really understand what are the policies within your company. But in reality, in most of them, no politics, no religion. That's bottom line. No politics, no religion. Um, and does that mean you cannot share? It's a different way of sharing. There are different ways of sharing. Um, and it's not that you're gonna be um, breaking any rule or anything like that. You will see what we're gonna be sharing here. It is very important that you're familiar with the, with the policies because we should, when we go into a job, we should just look what are, what are the policies in this matter. And if you don't feel comfortable, that's fine. That's not your place. But if you feel comfortable, it's okay if they don't wanna talk about religions of, um, and, uh, and um, politics. So, now, there are different ways, specific things that you can share, but I will tell you that when we think about excellence, um, excellence is not only quality, but actually, um, well, it has to do with quality, but not only of the product, but also of the service that you provide. Excellence is one of the things that actually captured the leadership uh, and the management. Um, the reality is when you see an employee that works with excellence, excellence has to do with your passion, with what you're doing. Excellence has to be with the quality of what you're doing. Excellence has to do with the attitude of what you're doing. You know, when I think about this topic, I actually think about Jesus. Can you imagine Jesus as a carpenter working? Sometimes, you know, there's not much written about that. Actually, there's nothing that I have read about specifically but I, I just cannot picture Jesus working without passion. I just cannot picture actually doing something that it was just low quality. Now, it is very important in whatever God is calling us to do that the excellence of what you do is just there in your mindset. Ask the Lord to give you that passion for what you're doing, to give you actually that attitude, the right attitude to work wherever you're working. But I will tell you, will that break any rule of no politics, no religion? Not at all, not at all. Um, there was, um, in, in, in one of my experiences, um, I had an opportunity to work for a lady in uh, New York. Um, we were working in GE and we traveled a lot together. And um, I remember that uh, there was, the company only had a budget of $800,000 to implement a system. 
And I don't know why, but I always get with projects where there's always a stretch, always a stretch, meaning it's impossible to do something like that. That's the only the cost of the computer system. So um, they give it to me to see what I could do. And then when I was working and doing that, everything worked out fine in such a way that we were able to implement all the system and everything within budget. That was a miracle. That was really a miracle. How did that work? I don't know. But I will tell you one thing. It was, um, everybody was impressed with the quality of the team and the energy when we finished the project. And it was amazing to me that um, after that, after we finished the project and we were traveling one time, somebody wanted to get, um, wanted to do something to me. And she had the ability and she was in the meeting when, when that happened. They wanted to take away some benefits and things like that. And, you know, somebody told me her attitude in the meeting. I am not proud of her attitude in the meeting, but she said she was ready to turn the tables. And she said, do not touch that lady. God is with her. Do not touch that lady. God is with her. So in the quality of the work that you do, God is actually, um, even though maybe people do not say it, God is glorified by the work of what you do. God is glorified. The same way, if you don't do a good job, you know, they just, people are not willing to listen. Now, this part over here, the second part, that's my favorite. Because that's where the ones that I think, oh, it is integrity. And I have something to read to you about this. Actually, seems like the page is out of place. But um, I will share with you integrity. When I mention integrity, what, does that, what comes to your mind? Honesty, being honest, mm-hmm. honesty. I will share with you something that may surprise you. Employees theft and fraud average $9 per day. $9 per day per employee. That's some statistics. That's about 2,000 per employee, and you will understand what I'm talking about as soon as I give you more detail. Subtracted from your bottom line every year. So it's about $2,000 per employee in actually frauds and thefts. Dishonesty in a workplace is a reality. Dishonesty in the workplace. The results of employee surveys reflect the reality of your applicant pool. 56% of working people admit that they have lied to their supervisor. 56% that they have lied to their supervisor. 41, 41% say that they have falsified records. 41%. 64% admit using the internet for personal reasons during working hours. 64%. And you may open your eyes, but 35% have stolen their employees by their own admissions, like office supplies or any other office equipment. Can you believe that? It is real. It's actually, as I mentioned this morning, the companies are getting to a point that they budget for fraud. And think, I think that is something that we need to think about it. Now, when you think about that, you think probably, I will never, I will never, you know, st- just take money from the company or steal anything from the company or equipment. But let's just think about what does that mean? What is really, what do we mean when we're saying um, lack of integrity? We're thinking about fraud, so I will not do any fraud. Tardiness. On or unexcused 
tardiness. Is that stealing? It is stealing. Job hoping. Hoping? Hoping. You know what is job hoping? Having another employee punch in and out for them. Taking home office supplies and other company property. Does that start kind of shaping? And now you understand why we're saying uh, $9 per day. Unauthorized use of the internet. I want to stop here. I want to really stop here. And I wish I can just share this with everybody. I know that God has blessed technology and we can use and technology is a beauty. And we can stay in touch with so many friends and so many families. But let me just tell you, if an employee is paying you, I'm sorry, if an employer is paying you, is paying for your time, your talents, your energy during that time. And having Facebook or any other tool to stay connected continually with your friends and family, and then swapping in between screen is just as simple as just just pressing a key and then you swap to another screen. Think about that and pray about it. Just pray about it. Um, Prosperous, yeah. And we have to be aware of that. Now, I want to tell you uh, one thing. Um, you, when you are at work, really, by the time if you if your energy and your mindset you have that you're clicking and checking Facebook and you say, I do that in a second. I just can do that before I go to the bathroom. You know what is happening? You're basically, when you don't have something to do, for example, you finish something, if you don't have Facebook or when we didn't have any of those distractions, what did people do? Huh? And they think, no, and they also, when they didn't have that technology, they actually look for better ways. They look for something else to do, you know? And that made them very efficient and really useful and very loving employers. But when you have something that distracts your mind, you basically do what is asked of you to do. Boom, I'm done. Yes, did you finish your report? Sure, I did. Yeah, I hear it is. Boom. When you look at the quality, oh, but there is a mistake. Oh, oh, but there is. Because your mind cannot concentrate in so many things at the same time. So I am appealing to you, please think about it. It really breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart. So I am in pro when companies just shut down and say during work hours, these websites are blocked. Good for them, just good for them. Just think about email, just also think about email. So I just want you to think about it uh, when we talk about integrity. That is part of what integrity is entail. Uh, Unauthorized use of the internet, using company's email for personal use, disclosing private and restricted information of data, sharing some information, leaving work early, leaving work early for no, good reasons. I'm not talking about sickness. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking just, I finish, I'll leave. Calling sick to take unauthorized days off. This was a big one. Calling sick, unauthorized uh, sick uh, days off. And carelessness are work. That's part of um, your integrity. So carelessness means I just do things and I just start thinking about something else, talking with somebody else. So 
You know, when you as an employee, this is the standard, uh, by the way, this is the majority of, this is what is happening out there. This is the 56%, okay? When you have an employee that actually follows and all those principles, the principles of integrity and excellence, by nature, you will shine. By nature, you will shine. By nature, they will look at you. By nature, just naturally, they will look at you because you will be the exception. You will not be the norm. You will be the exception. Now, the other thing that I want to mention is the third component of witnessing in your workplace is service. Now, service, when we think about service, we think about probably going out of the company, giving some service, you know, um, to a needy person and things like that. I want you to change a little bit your mindset. Can you do service at work? to your coworkers, what a best service is when somebody opens the door for you. <laughs> when you bring and give a big smile when somebody is in need of that. When you actually shake hands and say good morning, when you remember that his son was sick and you can ask for, how is your son doing? That is service. That is service. I will tell you, it's so simple to witness in your work environment. Now, what is going to happen is the following. Let me share the fourth one, and then you will see. Let me share the fourth one. That's my favorite. Hello. Okay. Ephesians 6, um, 5 and 8, it says, Servants, be obedient unto them that are according to the flesh are your masters, with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not in the way of eye service, as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that whatsoever good thing each one doth, the same shall he receive again from the Lord, whether he be born or free. Now, humbleness. It is sometimes hard to have, it is nice when you have a boss that is really smart is really um, considerate, but that's not always the case. But let me tell you, the best opportunity for witness is when you have somebody that is difficult reporting to somebody that is difficult, and you can, with humbleness, get and communicate what you need to communicate, and sometimes doing things that have nothing to do with your uh, personal convictions that you think probably could be done better, but this person is just asking you that it has to be done this way. Without complaint, it is the best witnessing tool that we can have. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this is because I think in the workplace, you will get into the attitude of talking too much, talking too much about and complaining and criticizing leadership. Leadership is not perfect. It doesn't matter where you go. There's always different things and different ways of doing things. But by speaking about others, you're just not giving a good witnesses of what the Lord will do by speaking about others. Leadership sometimes are men and women that really, really need more than criticism. They need prayer. One of the first things that I started doing when, I turned my life, when God turned my life um, upside down is actually I started praying for my boss. I started praying for my boss. And, um, and I started praying for my coworkers. And I saw a change in their life. I don't know. And prayer is very powerful. Prayer is very powerful. You know, 
I've seen people, for me, smile is a very important thing. You know, when I see you, did you smile? I thought something like that, but I understand some people are not used to that. But um, I struggle with that. Um, so I learned one thing. I learned that if somebody doesn't give me a smile, that doesn't, that doesn't take me the right of just sharing one smile with that person. And um, sometimes what I do is when I feel uncomfortable, I really see, does that person have something against me? But it doesn't. Um, I pray for that person. I pray as, as I walk by. I pray for that person and I smile. And trust me, it changes. And I just learned God can change the hearts of their people. So I want to ask you, there are four things that you can do, and you don't need to have any policy, open policy for sharing Christ in the workplace. What are the four things that you could do? Excellence. What else? Integrity. And humbleness. Those things cannot come unless the Holy Spirit and God can transform your heart. God, if you ask the Lord, God will change your heart. God will change your heart. And you will start enjoying the time that you're having at work. Now, where do we start? And this is something that I want to share with you because um, I have some practical um, counsel, but I just want to go really quickly about this. There, to start working and changing the way that you work, it requires a determination in your heart. It requires determination in your heart. And what I did was I went to the life of Joseph, and by looking at the life of Joseph, I learned a lot. Those are two characters that, for me, it always brings so much light into my life in the work environment. It's Joseph and Daniel. Joseph and Daniel. But when Joseph uh, was taken captive to Egypt, look at what he says. Everything that I'm going to read here is from um, Patrick's and Prophets. He says he's so thrilled with the high resolve to prove himself true to God under all circumstances, to act as became a subject of the King of Heaven. He will serve the Lord with undivided heart. He will meet the trials of his lot with fortitude and perform every duty with fidelity. What was the first step? He performed things. What? He determined in his heart to serve God. The second thing that he did is actually guarded against corruption and temptation. And I'm going to share with you again from the spirit of, from the uh, patriarchs and prophets. It says, um, Yet Joseph, uh, the worship of false gods, was surrounded by all the pomp and royalty, supported by the wealth and culture of the most highly civilized nation then in existence. Yet Joseph preserved his simplicity and his fidelity. Um, the sight and sounds of the vice um, were all about him, but he was one who saw and heard not. He was just like, he will not even look in that direction. His thoughts were not permitted to linger. Listen to that. His thoughts were not permitted to what? To linger upon forbidden subjects. Even he guarded his mind. The desire to gain favor of the Egyptian could not cause him to conceal his principles. Not even, not to please anybody. He guarded. Now, when you start in a workplace, what the first thing is that you need to guard is compromising in small things. You know? Um, there's one thing that I said as a rule when I started working. I realized I did not want to give the appearance of evil. Okay? So, one way that um, in the corporate world, people get so many business other than playing golf there was another thing that they will do. It's called happy hours. 
Yeah, see, <laughs> happy hours. Yes, everybody goes to the happy hours. And you think happy hours, they will talk about personal stuff? No, Ooh, they're talking and resolving even issues and making decisions in the happy hour. But something inside myself told me that happy hours were not Christian, even if I will go and drink lemonade. It was not giving a good appearance. It was just something that I will not do. So, you know, I remember one thing. Um, I was in California, and I had the experience. I was working for this person, and he was a big happy hour person. And he will take all his staff to a happy hour. And so who was out? Me, always. But I was not afraid. For whatever reason, I was just relaxed. I was just happy. I was going home. Yes, you go to a happy hour. I'm going home. So, but he started feeling guilty. You know, he noticed that it was, you know, it was not good. I, I realized it's like, you know what? You better change. This is not looking good for you. But um, you know what he did? He started changing, and I don't know if how many of you are familiar with Jamba Juice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he will take the team to Jamba Juice. Yeah, it was so amazing. I had a good time, but I will not. What I realize is, you know, if I will compromise and even go one time, it will not be good. So you, you need to guard yourself for small things like that, even though you're not drinking, even though you're not, you're just not. But I will do it, by the way. There's one thing that I want to warn you. The way and the attitude that you say no, it has a lot to do with it. So uh, you need to thank them for inviting you. Thank you very much. But I really, I don't feel comfortable. And, and you, you know what I will do? I will just go walking with them to, up to the cars and things like that. And I just, so you just have a good time, enjoy, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I will go home and they will go to their own direction. So there was no hard feelings, no, you know, basically... No, no complaints, no nothing. I was just smiling. I would, some of them probably were feeling sorry because they would love to go home. And I was, they were not strong enough to say that they were going home. But um, by the way, and when I left the company, I gave me a $100 certificates in Jamba Juice. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really appreciated that. That was really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed my Jamba Juice. Um, so as you can see, one, another thing that I want to read about Joseph, the marked prosperity which attended everything placed under Joseph's care was not the result of direct miracle. I love that. It's not a miracle when you do a good job. But his industry, care, and energy were crowned with the divine blessing. Don't you think that's what all of us want? It's amazing, amazing. And I praise God for his loving and care, loving care towards us. You know what? I don't have the page. I just is this story in Patriarchs or Prophets the story of Joseph? The story of Joseph. Uh, okay, now I want to go to practical stuff. I want and this is very quick. Practical stuff, things that you can do in your workplace um, to get closer to people. Okay, because we need to get close to people. Now, what would you do? Usually, in this case, you're going to be intentional about it. You're going to be intentional. The things that I have shared with you in the, in the, at, up to this point are things that you can do. It doesn't matter on the policy of the company. That's who you are, a good Christian person, work person that wants to serve the Lord, whatever he calls you to serve. Okay? The things that I'm going to share with you may be limited by the company policies, but those are things that you can actually do. Um, get to know people personally. What does that mean, getting to know personally? That means knowing how many kids. That means knowing that they like Jamba Juice. That means knowing that what they dislike. Listening to people, asking for specific questions. There is this tendency of we like to talk about ourselves. 
it is hard for us to just sit down, have lunch, and talk about other, you talk about the other person asking them how they are doing and things like that. It is beautiful, just take some time off. Actually, don't take time off, go during the lunch time and just ask specifically, be personal, get to know them. Follow up, write their birthday and things like that. Show that you personally care. Show people that you personally care for their well-being. You know, um, you can do as simple things as bringing uh, sometimes even flowers. I like, uh, I hate to mention so many places, but I'm a very big fan of Trader Joe's. And the plants over there and the food over there. And I remember that every week I will go to Trader Joe's to buy a plant. So I just love it. I love flowers. I love plants. I like plants. And I remember that some weeks I still had the plants from last week, so I will just give, buy new ones and then give it to somebody else. And I just enjoy that because I, I still enjoy the plants, but it was in somebody else's desk. So that's, you know, small things like that that I really need. Uh, find common interest. Now, there are always things that you can share with people. Walking, going hiking, and things like that. You know, Christians, we should be people that, um, I don't know, they're fun to be with, and to be honest. And uh, we don't have to be all the time, like, you know, thinking I'm working and then I'm going home and things like that. Just show interest. Take your time and make sure that you share. If you have family, just get to know other people that have family. And just share a picnic and things like that. It's just small things that you can do. You know, the problem is we sometimes get so focused in our job that we forget about the personal things and how critical it is to have time. And that will help you with the work-life balance. I'm pretty sure that uh, Amy will be talking about that. It is very important to have a work-life balance. That's part of work-life balance. Um, my husband loves golfing. Actually, that's an understanding. Um, he really, really likes golfing. He can go every day if you let him. Um, I let him to go any time that he wants to go. There is close to our house, there is a golf course. Um, and that is one of the things that um, finding common interest. You know, at work, there's a lot of people that play golf. I'm not a good, you know why I'm not a good golf player? Because I just don't like to spend four hours in the golf course. It's just for me four hours of torture. Um, and the reality is because when you get very efficient and you want to get things done, you always think about what else can I do in those four hours, you know? So I remember just to be nice to my husband, I will just go with him, but I will, I will pack my, I have a pack, you know, with sometimes things to do, things to memorize and things like that. I realized he needed my time. And then I decided intentionally leave things behind. But I will tell you one thing. It was so nice because he helped me in my work because my, my coworkers, they're big golf players. So I will just, I did not share the golf interest, but my husband will share that. So actually I put them in contact and we will go golfing and they can go golfing and things like that. And then we develop a relationship, but it was because of his golf. And um, so you can find creative ways of just using and finding things that are common. Um, go to places and activities with them. Um, you know, feel free to go as long as there are things that you can share. Um, always think before we act. <laughs> um, there are sometimes difficult situations that they're going through and sometimes we are very quick to respond, to say something. And we sometimes regret many things that we said and things that we do not say at the right timing. So um, watch. One of the things that I think God is always calling me higher is just to find better ways to say things at the right time. Um, 
we need to be very sensitive about that. And I think God calls Christians in a high standard into including developing the way that they express themselves. So be very courteous and find really good ways of being a blessing with the words that you use to um, communicate with other people. Integrate your faith into your work. How can you do that? Have you pray? Okay, if a company uh, does not want you to share your faith, what would you do during lunch and you're sitting at the cafeteria? Hmm? Would you pray? Yeah, there is nothing wrong with that. The fact that the company has a policy is meaning sharing and trying to come with a strategy to convert everybody in the office. That's a different thing from just showing your faith. Even praying, setting some time to pray yourself, meaning you're having a hard time, something is going wrong, stop. Time out. I call it time out. One minute time out. Go pray. And then come back and you come more relaxed. The reality is that integrating faith into your own personal work, there's nothing, nobody can stop you from doing that. But do it in a nice way, not in a very, um, how do you call it, provocative way or anything like that. Just in a nice way. And if you do it once and you do it all the time, people will respect it. That's not a problem with them. You will be different. You will look different. But what they will do, here's one thing that I want to tell you. When you follow the four principles that I mentioned to you at the beginning, by nature, they will be observing you. By nature, they will be looking at you. You will be different. You will look different. You will be valuable. You will be actually somebody that they respect. And actually, anything that you do and anything that you say, they will listen to it. Now, if you try to say something or do something and you don't follow those four principles, they will not listen. They will not listen. I, we're almost done. I want to invite them to activities. Feel free to invite them to your church, to any meeting. There is nothing wrong with that. Um, handle difficulties in a Christ-like manner, and we know that we have talked about that. Um, there is one, I want to talk a little bit about um, nine. No intimacy with other genders. Um, we are here to share Christ in the workplace, but be careful about your relationship with other genders. It doesn't matter your status. Um, God will use a male if it's necessary. I don't know how that looks like, but I've seen people that have going down straight because of that. So just almost be aware. Because even if there is nothing or there is no attraction or anything like that, the perception of others will make a big difference. So just as a uh, rule of thumb, just, just almost... Pray and be careful. Pray and be careful, but be careful about reaching out to other um, genders. Um, that will actually could damage your influence in your workplace. So be aware of that. And I think that is the end of it. Under no circumstances, do not compromise, period. And we talk about that when I talk about the Jamba Jews. And that's the end of it. Uh, remember, God is reaching out. Are you willing to be sent? The Lord is working upon men and women of talent and influence, leading them to connect with those who are giving the last message of mercy to the world. God is working in everybody's heart. He will call you to work in a specific place. The question that you need to ask yourself is, God, is it God calling me to work here? If that is the case, whatever happens around you, whatever happens around you, just God will equip you 
to actually handle the things in the Christ way as long as you're in communion with him, depending on his strength and his wisdom for um, everything that you do. I want to open now the floor for questions because I only have a couple of minutes to go. Any questions that you have? People are more sleepy. This morning there were a lot of questions. <laughs> this really refers more to your last talk. Uh-huh. Uh, in speaking of excellence and, in, and in that, that we should be developing excellence professionally and spiritually, uh, could we say that the excellence that we should be looking for is the excellence in Christ, the excellence that is a balance of those things? Because if the world sees that excellence might be going for the top managerial job mm -hmm. or getting the best of the bonuses, qualifying mm -hmm. for that. Whereas, yes, we are to be good and competent at work, but that's not, that's not the measure of excellence professionally. Excellence is what honors God in a total, mm -hmm. a total picture of balance. In the total picture of balance that um, includes actually your professional development and your spiritual development. That's what excellence, yeah, that is, thank you. That is um, what excellence should be all about. Thank you. Any, yes. Yes, 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 you were supposed to be. Thank you. What did you find it? No. Do you go to Lost and Found? Oh. Well, let's pray for that. Let's pray for that. Let me ask you this question. Was this that in this room or in the other one because remember that okay 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 let's have a word of prayer uh, for those things that are happening um, and um, I will ask you to kneel please if it's possible our heavenly father we just want to thank you for the time that you are giving us to share all these things with uh, all the ladies that came. Father, thank you for the opportunity that you have given me to share what you have given to me. Father, now we have some challenges. You know that there are some lost keys that were given into lost and found. And now our sister here have lost her wallet. And you know, Father, the place where it is. We trust that you know where it is and that you can bring it back to her. Father, we want to ask that you just resolve all the challenges that she will need to face without that and that you give her patience and um, a good attitude and spirit to confront these challenges. Father, don't let the devil just take away the things that you have given to us. Just give us the peace of knowing that you're in control of all our situations and that all things work for good for those who love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This message was produced by GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. GYC seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians in contemporary contexts. 
To download or purchase other resources like this, or if you have been blessed by GYC and would like to donate, visit gycweb.org or email info at gycweb.org. You could also reach us via mail at P.O. Box 3786, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48106. This recording is licensed under Creative Commons. This means you can copy and share it with anyone you like. Please attribute this recording to GYC wherever you reuse it. And keep in mind that resale and alteration are strictly prohibited.